0: Hello, and welcome to the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation podcast. I am your host, student Dr. Tawson Chowdhury. Today, we are joined by Dr. Vish Raj. Dr. Raj is currently the Director of Oncology Rehabilitation Services at Carolina's Rehabilitation. He also serves as Associate Medical Director at Carolina's Rehab Main Campus. you for joining us, Dr. Raj. It's great to be here. So, Dr. Raj, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about your training.
1: Sure. Uh, So I was a medical student back when in New Jersey. I graduated from Robert Wood Johnson Medical School back in 2003, and I did my internship outside the Philadelphia area, completed my residency in physical medicine and rehabilitation at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. And then since that point, I've been here at Atrium Health and Carolina's Rehabilitation and the Levine Cancer Institute.
0: Awesome. So I think a lot of our listeners don't know that cancer rehab is uh, something that is a route you can do in PM&R. What made you interested in going into cancer rehab?
1: When I was a resident, I was very interested in all of rehabilitation. And originally, I wanted to do spinal cord injury out of all things. And as I did spinal cord injury, and I learned more and more, I got more experience in situations where patients had more common rehab diagnoses, but they were related to cancer as the origin. So, for example, had people with uh, cancer in the spine, cancer in the brain, and they were actually treated much more like spinal cord injuries and brain injuries. Fortunately, because of where I was in Houston, I had the opportunity to do rehabilitation at a major cancer center in the Houston area, and I learned how the cancer center actually addresses these rehabilitation problems for the aforementioned diagnoses, but also for other cancer diagnoses and conditions related to cancer and its treatment. And so for me, it was eye-opening. I realized that there was a whole population that wasn't really being served, uh, and that wasn't really being discussed in more traditional rehabilitation circles. And to me, that that was very exciting. It gave an opportunity to um, go after a new population of folks and try to provide services uh, with the knowledge that we were learning during residency. You would think, with how uh,
0: how much of our population struggles with cancer, that there would be kind of a an addressing of this from the rehabilitation standpoint. It's, it's, I'm surprised that there's not more cancer
1: rehab in our country. You know, I think cancer rehabilitation is becoming more commonplace now. If you looked at the role of rehabilitation in cancer 30 to 40 years ago, it was fairly limited. It was really focused in one to two centers, uh, and it just wasn't just wasn't a uh, first thought for folks in terms of a diagnosis that they would want to treat. I think times have changed mainly because of how cancer has evolved in terms of the diagnosis and its subsequent treatment. In the past, cancer used to be considered a terminal diagnosis, and now cancer is much more uh, a disease uh, that's chronic, much like heart disease, much like chronic lung disease. Although there are still some aspects of cancer that are terminal. Um, We often have folks who are considered cancer survivors who are diagnosed with breast cancer, prostate cancer, who have decades upon decades of life up front of them, and they now are starting to experience a lot of the effects of their treatment, effects from their diagnosis that may impact their quality of life, ability to work, and just live in general. So I think that the situation 30 to 40 years ago was much different than it is now, And now that the population of cancer survivors continues to grow, uh, there's going to be great opportunity to be able to address their functional needs and impairments uh, in in a variety of different oncology diagnoses.
0: That makes sense. And one of the reasons that uh, I guess as a medical student I was drawn towards PM&R is the fact that I think that the medical system has been drawn towards just the disease and not the person. So we've gotten to a point with cancer where we're seeing the cancer, but we're not taking care of the patient in the
1: process. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, that's correct. And, and you know, there's a, there's a significant change now, even in the perception of how cancer needs to be addressed in the oncology community. So when you looked at cancer treatment several decades ago, it was very straightforward. It was either surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation. But now as things have evolved, it's been clear to the oncology community that there's much more than that. There's a whole field that's called survivorship that has evolved over the last several years, which specifically addresses issues like quality of life, long-term care, um, issues that you may not have thought about 20 or 30 years ago uh, because it just never came up. And so when you look at cancer now, the key is to provide comprehensive cancer care, and in that it includes not only the acute treatments like chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, but it includes anything else that will improve a patient's quality of life and ability to reintegrate into the community and also to meet whatever their value systems are in terms of their goals and objectives.
0: That makes sense. Um, One of the things you talked about at uh, Carolina's, or sorry, at AAPMNR when when I went to one of your lectures, you talked about um, kind of developing a relationship with uh, oncologists. And I know this differs from place to place, but how closely do you work with oncologists?
1: Yeah, I work very closely with medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, surgical oncologists. The key to being successful in cancer rehabilitation is understanding who the folks are that are actually taking care of these patients, what your points of contact are in terms of having access to an individual who has functional impairments. So the first line of contact is always going to be one of the primary oncology treaters. Uh, in order to be effective at delivering cancer rehab you really have to be aligned with the goals objectives and philosophy of those who are treating the cancer patients more frequently and more aggressively in terms of uh, chemo and radiation surgery and so in order to be successful in cancer rehabilitation you have to actually know the providers and you also have to know what the treatments are how they're going to impact the patient and what you can do to help that patient down the road and once you build that confidence and trust with the oncology providers, you'll find there's tremendous opportunity to help individuals. And the individuals are extremely grateful for whatever care they receive beyond the core oncology treatment.
0: Got it. Um, and I'm going to ask a personal personal question. Uh, at AAPNR, you mentioned the fact that one of the things that drew you to the field of cancer rehab, you said that someone in your family um, struggled with cancer. Could you tell me
1: more about that? Sure. Um, sure, yeah. So when I was young, um, my uh, my mother was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma. And she actually, so that was basically a, a cancer of the, uh, one of the layers of the skin. But it was actually on the inside of the mouth. So it was a head and neck cancer and it was on the tongue. So she was diagnosed right when I graduated from high school. Uh, she was having issues with mouth and jaw pain. She went to go see just a regular dentist They did an x-ray of her jaw and she was found to actually have a a lesion or a spot in her jaw on the right side and after they worked her up then they figured out that it was actually tongue cancer that had spread to her jaw so I had just graduated from high school and I was going into college um, you know within two months and during that time my father um, who uh, he, he's actually a, he's a professor he was working but he was trying to Figure out how to manage my mother's situation, continue work, get me off to college, and my sister, who was a little bit older, just graduated from college and was um, was also working. So, you know, I think I think the from that point of view, the the thing that was most important for us, or the thing that most impacted us, was this question of how do you address the needs of a family member, like we all do in rehabilitation, when you have you know, other family members who also have obligations need to figure out how to make life go forward while you're trying to stop everything for treatment. Unfortunately for my mother, she did receive treatment, but she had recurrence within six months and then passed away within a year. So that was, that was right before the, I began my sophomore year in college. And um, I, I think I the think story is more common than, than we all realize uh, in, in various families and, and for uh, different individuals. Uh, but, you know, what you realize then is after that, you have to find yourself and try to figure out what you're trying to do. Um, that's not an easy thing for young people. It's not an easy thing for a spouse. It's not an easy thing for a family. And there's so many dynamics that go into it that when the family themselves are going through it, they don't fully understand the impact of, of the condition and, and subsequent passing and, and all the all the variables associated with it. So, so for me, all those things greatly influenced me in terms of um, what it is I was trying to do, how I approached medical care, what my approach is for patient care and, and health care delivery. And then I was very fortunate to figure out down the road, you know, several years later that the field that I decided to go into, which was physiatry, um, I chose to go into it because of the human relationships and because I felt like it could really make an impact on people. And then when I found out I could actually do that for folks with cancer, uh, then it was, it was almost, you know, a perfect alignment of my goals, my objectives, and my wishes. Wow, oh, that is a powerful story. Um, I, I definitely think that
0: from a patient standpoint, um, you're one of those people that can really connect with them. So I think that's, that's probably huge.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it matters. You know, it's, it's funny when, when we get into our day to day and we do our work, sometimes you become a little numb to what you do, but there's no question that when I approach every patient, when I approach every situation, I always think back to how my family felt, how I felt, um, how what, you know the stresses that my father was dealing with the stresses that my sister was dealing with and i always try to factor all that into the medical decision making the planning you know it's interesting the medical care is complex and, and in cancer rehabilitation there is some more knowledge that you have to have compared to general rehabilitation to make sure you can address things as is appropriate for a patient but i think what's even more important for the oncology survivor and the families is the ability to relate to them on a human level and to understand what their stresses are and understand where they are in, in terms of the process, whether it's a patient who's just newly diagnosed with cancer or somebody who's been living with it for a long time and how you approach situations, how you approach uh, problem solving. So so for me, um, it's very fulfilling, very gratifying to be able to, to use um, all the, the technical skills I've learned during my training, combining with my life Experiences uh, and hopefully provide a nice package for individuals to make their lives a bit easier.
0: That's
1: awesome. So, um, as a
0: cancer rehabilitation doctor, like, what are some of the conditions that I guess you work that
1: you work with uh, as a physiatrist? Sure. Um, so, so there's actually several conditions, and and the way you approach cancer rehabilitation is twofold. One is you look at some of the primary diagnoses that a physiatrist can actually directly manage. So, there's things like lymphedema, cancer-related fatigue, pain. Um, You can manage cognitive dysfunction uh, and and do medical management with that. But then the other part of it is also looking at the whole picture and looking at what are some of the uh, other symptoms or some of the other issues that individuals are dealing with. For example, like nutritional status may be poor, issues with swallowing, issues with speech, issues with um, balance where you can rely on some of your partners, whether they're in clinical nutrition, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech and language pathology, uh, even nursing as far as wounds and and general nursing care and and surveillance, just to make sure that you have a comprehensive interdisciplinary approach to addressing whatever those needs are. So I guess what what I'm getting at is from a cancer rehabilitation point of view, when you talk about what it is you can address, there are some core diagnoses that are right up your alley in terms of psychiatry. But there's also a great opportunity to address many other things that go way beyond the scope of general psychiatry because they need to be addressed and and the best people to do it are the ones who can bring together an interdisciplinary team.
0: That makes sense. Um, So just to echo something i said in some of the other podcast episodes, it sounds like no matter what alley of psychiatry you go into, the concept of holistic care kind of stays in every single uh, you know, if you go to sports medicine, you go to um, spinal cord injury. It sounds like cancer rehab is no different in the sense that it's, you have to be able to be a, a doctor and at the same time know what their functional needs are.
1: That's right. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, we, we sometimes forget that our impact is not just on the medical management of an individual. It's also on understanding the whole picture of what an individual needs and then subsequently pulling it all together to meet their expectations. And some of that may be medical, some of it may be psychological, might, some of it might be social support, some of it might be ancillary other services like nutrition, um, like, like nursing, wound care, like um, uh, 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 integrative t- style cares more holistic treatment. And so the idea is that you want to be able to pull together whatever resources you have to best benefit a patient, and you have to be open-minded enough to be able to bring it all together so that, that the individual can receive what they need. Gotcha.
0: So I was lucky enough to meet you at AAPM&R, and I was lucky enough to go to one of your lectures where it was you and, I believe, Dr. Silver, who um, you guys had kind of a, a lively debate on the concept of a fellowship in cancer rehab. Uh, what are the
1: benefits of doing a fellowship at Cancer Rehab? Sure. You yeah, know, it was interesting. that the day Julie and I put that together, and Julie's, Julie's been a good friend to me for almost a decade now, and uh, when when we put that talk together, we knew that um, most people would say that a fellowship is a good thing, uh, and so we had Julie arguing the point of we need a fellowship, and somehow I ended up with, with the side of saying, trying to make an argument of not needing a fellowship, which is a much harder argument to make. Um, What I would say is, you know, with cancer rehab and with fellowship training, one of the main advantages of of doing a fellowship is having a better understanding of how the oncology world works. So when you look at the care that you deliver in cancer rehabilitation from a rehab side, a lot of the rehab care is the same stuff that you're going to learn about in your residency. And although a fellowship may give you the opportunity to get a little stronger in certain aspects, whether it be musculoskeletal medicine, whether it be spasticity management, EMGs, um, maybe inpatient work, um, there's always opportunity to get better at that type of thing. But the real value is understanding what it is that's needed from the oncology side uh, as it relates to patient care, as it relates to precautions, as it relates to um, how you modify your rehabilitation plan of care based on the medical treatment plan. Um, You have to factor in things like radiation and chemotherapy, how platelet counts, white blood cell counts, hemoglobin may affect your rehab uh, care plan. So you have to factor all this stuff in. And so when you do a fellowship, I think one of the most valuable parts of doing a fellowship is actually getting that exposure and understanding what are the important factors that come in from the oncology side, how they impact your rehab care uh, delivery plan.
0: So you said that there's, there are more people currently who are surviving from cancer, um, and I'm, I'm assuming the more science advances, the more people we, we will have, hopefully, that are able to be cancer survivors. How do you see the field of cancer rehab changing during your lifetime?
1: Oh I, I think it's going to evolve into one of the most important areas of care uh, in rehabilitation. You know, I'm famously quoted for something that maybe <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be quoted for, but I said something few years ago, and I said that cancer is going to save rehabilitation, and that sounds like a very odd thing to say um, because, you know, we have so many core diagnoses that we treat. We have so many things that we're well known for, whether it's spinal cord injury, brain injury, treating uh, neurodegenerative diseases, um, you know, like multiple sclerosis, ALS, Parkinson's, um, pediatric rehab, etc. We do so many great things in rehabilitation, but one of the things that's interesting is when you look at uh, the proportion of patients that are out there with some of our core diagnoses, let's say amputation, let's say spinal cord injury, and you compare that to the incidence and prevalence of people with cancer, their order of magnitude difference in terms of the total population of individuals who have cancer uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of greater size. So, you know, if you look at amputee numbers in the roughly 200, 300, 400, 1,000 range um, uh, in terms of people who are, who are being diagnosed and treated in spinal cord injury. Uh, You're looking at cancer is 1.6, 1.8 million new diagnoses per year with 20 million people who survive. So the only, I would say, the core rehab diagnosis that's maybe on the same par in terms of incidence and prevalence would probably be brain injury. Um, But think about how much resource we put into spinal cord injury, amputation in terms of education, learning how to manage. So our core, these are core diagnoses for rehab. Imagine once you can provide care for a population that's almost 10 times greater than some other populations, depending on how, which populations you're looking at, uh, it's gonna be a huge impact and a and huge area of growth and opportunity. So, so it's not to say that, that our core diagnoses will ever go away. and It's not to say that our core diagnoses are not important. That's not at all what I mean. I think they are important, but if you realize how much re- resource we put towards those diagnoses, and then you look at this one population where um, we haven't even scratched the surface in terms of addressing their needs, uh, it seems to me like the future is going to be bright.
0: That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because, and I appreciate your uh, your going into like the numbers and as far as explaining the core diagnosis versus how cancer is treated, and it makes sense the fact that cancer we should have a promising future uh, for for patients especially. Um, so. What are some ways to get involved, in, get involved in cancer rehab? Like, I know the fact that Carolinas has a really strong cancer rehab program, but let's say someone is uh, going into residency and their residency or their medical school, or both for that matter, don't have a lot of involvement in cancer rehab. What are some ways to get involved?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities uh, for somebody who might be interested in cancer rehab uh, to get exposure As each year goes on, there's more and more programs, especially in the academic centers uh, who have concurrent residencies in PM&R that are developing cancer rehabilitation programs or bringing on board physiatrists to focus on cancer. So when I started, there were probably two or three programs out there, and now there's easily more than 10 uh, in academic centers. And then as you look more closely, you could probably find that even if the program's not fully established, that there are attendings who are doing this type of work. So doing rotations uh, in cancer rehabilitation would be great, or finding a department that actually has a cancer react program is an excellent opportunity. Another thing to consider is to look at your cancer centers and look at what rehabilitation care they're actually providing. So when you think about a cancer center and you wonder, well, what role do they have in rehabilitation, um, one of the primary standards that a lot of cancer centers use uh, for certification is something called the Commission on Cancer. And the Commission on Cancer provides certification to different programs to meet the needs of of cancer survivors, but also to address specific parameters in cancer care. And the Commission on Cancer has requirements for rehabilitation. So for a program to be certified, they have to have a component of rehabilitation. So it's not a bad idea to look for cancer centers where you know they are COC certified, and when they are, you can actually reach out to those committees that run uh, the cancer program or their cancer committee itself and actually ask them, well, we know that you're COC certified. Who are your rehabilitation providers and who do you work with? And then you might actually have some more leads in terms of uh, clinical opportunities to learn. Gotcha.
0: So uh, a lot of our listeners are um, medical students, and they would love to know from someone like you who works closely with residents. So what are you looking for in uh, future residents?
1: I think that for anyone who wants to go into cancer rehab, um, you have to have a little bit of a different perspective compared to traditional rehab uh, careers. And I say that because the the way you're going to be successful in cancer rehab is not by doing the same old thing. It's going to be by being innovative in terms of how you deliver care, how flexible you can be to meet the needs of your cancer centers and your cancer patients, and then find a way to integrate that into a more traditional rehab department. So I think that being very open-minded, being very flexible, understanding that you have to adjust the way you practice and the way you're going to approach problems to make sure you're meeting other people's needs is one of the critical aspects of doing this. The other thing is that you have to be very motivated because you're going to learn not only the rehabilitation during your training, but then you also have to understand a whole other field of oncology. And it's not that you have to understand everything in oncology, but you definitely have to understand some of the core concepts that are going to directly impact how you deliver the rehab care. So, I think that if you can, if you know that you're going to be motivated, you know you're going to work hard, and you can be open-minded in terms of how you approach uh, cancer rehabilitation, you will probably be very successful. Gotcha. So, um,
0: I know that there's a lot of push um, from a physiography standpoint and on the concept of research. Uh, I think that it's something that is definitely, at least from a, from medical students, some of the residents I've spoken to, it's it's kind of being pushed more from the standpoint of we need more physiatrists putting research so that we can get funding for research and so on and so forth. Um, How much research is there in
1: specifically for cancer rehab? The research base is growing. Uh, There's some people out there who have been doing research for many years. So like Andrea Chevelle at Mayo Clinic has a great reputation in research and has done great work in cancer Um, another individual named Cole Stout in the physical therapy world has had a great reputation of research, and and Catherine Alfano who's a psychologist but works for the American Cancer Society has done a lot of work in cancer rehabilitation so you see a very interesting interdisciplinary approach to rehab with multiple disciplines who have roles uh, for rehab as it relates to physiatry I think there's great opportunity for research Um, there's areas that have completely um, not been developed things like appropriate screening so you can actually figure out a patient who has a functional need and has the diagnosis and impairments that would be amenable to rehabilitation treatment. Things like outcome measures and just understanding how we even measure uh, progress in the cancer patient. What is our measure of success? Is it quality of life? Is it function? Is it other parameters that we haven't considered? Is it even maybe returning to an improved performance status so people can actually get chemo and radiation therapy down the road. So I think there's great opportunity. Um, one of the hard parts however is just trying to understand where you fit in 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 the spectrum of research. Are you a rehab researcher? Are you an oncology researcher? Some of that stuff still has to be defined. But as we get more sophisticated and as we get more uh, integrated into this research world of cancer, um, I do think that this is going to sort itself out pretty quickly, and there may be roles for us on both sides, both on the disability, the rehabilitation, and the oncology side.
0: Gosh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, And you talked a lot about about, uh, getting involved in cancer rehab. Uh, what are other ways that I guess you haven't touched on that are ways to get involved in cancer
1: rehab? Well, I mean, you can approach cancer rehabilitation from so many different ways. I mean, you can approach it from, obviously, physiatry practice. You can involve it. You can involve yourself in uh, rehab care delivery. So if you have people who are very active in the physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech-language pathology world, you can see a whole different vantage point. You can look at it from cognition, neuropsychology. You can look at it from psychology, social work, um, nursing. You know, I think the key with cancer rehabilitation is just understanding it's so multifaceted that if you can just find one way to get exposure, that'll open up the door for other ways to get exposure and open up other opportunities. So I think that if you're looking for that exposure, if you're looking to um, just, just get some experience in this cancer rehab world, you've got to find just one or two things. It doesn't have to be the perfect program. Just one or two things that maybe is happening at your site where you can just get involved and kind of learn a little bit more. And as you start learning that and you learn more about rehab, you can figure out how to put it all together for a more comprehensive experience and program.
0: Thank you for that uh, insightful response. So that's all the time we have. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Raj. Thank you to all Thank of you. our listeners for tuning in. This is your host, June, Dr. Tassin Chaudry. You have just listened to an episode of the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation podcast. Take care and have a great day.